Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 104, Reintegration. My name is Jessie Ellertson, and I am a certified life coach, a 15-year military wife, and a mother of six. I love working with flowers, playing games, and going to the movies, and I'm a huge fan of my husband and kids, sleeping in, and everything about food. I have created this podcast as a free resource for military wives who want to improve the experience that they are having while their service member is deployed. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about reintegration, all things that go along with this. It's interesting that I've gotten this far in my podcast and haven't done a podcast episode on this topic, really. I have one in my pep talk series, but this is such a huge element when it comes to deployments and military life and all that goes along with that, where reintegration basically represents what it takes to adjust back to, for both of you to have your service member return home from their deployment and transition back into family life and normal life with you and the kids and the home and the responsibilities and jobs and bills and all all of that. So it represents quite a bit. Uh, we talk a lot about homecoming and we like to think about homecoming, but it is kind of wrapped in this nervousness and maybe even dread that can come with pondering reintegration. And another element of that that can be tricky is that it goes differently for every single military couple. So there are some incredible resources out there on reintegration. I'm just looking into one right now from Michelle Bowler of The Waiting Warriors. She's putting together an incredible course on reintegration. And I highly recommend that you do some research in that area because I want you to find resources that fit with your personality and your husband's personality and as a couple, your couple personality. And it is just going to go differently for each person. And we can use that for our good. And we can also use that against ourselves. So we can see what someone's saying about reintegration and say, oh man, that's not how it's going for me. So like nobody understands how it's going for me. But knowing that it goes differently, that, that it can go many different ways, you can believe that it's going this way for me and it's probably gone this way for other couples. And I just need to find the connection and shared experience and resource and information and help from someone who has at least experienced reintegration in a similar way that I have. And so that's that's one encouragement I would definitely give you. And another thing that to know is that it's okay that you don't know how you will experience reintegration if this is something that you haven't gone through before. In that case, it's like it's good to prepare and it's good to have some ideas in mind and be ready, but it's also okay to just wait and see how it goes for you. I haven't have an element of that going on so that you can handle it as it comes up. You don't want to get yourself all worked up that reintegration is going to be terrible and get yourself all prepared for that. And then it isn't, it isn't so bad for many of us. It isn't so bad for many of us. It's very challenging. There's a whole spectrum of the way we experience this. And part of that is because they have a spectrum of experiences out on their deployment. We have a spectrum of experiences at, here at home. And then the way our personalities cope and deal with that, and then the way we bring it all back together and go back to normal life, it, it's just, it's can be quite hard to predict. And it really is one of those things that it's okay to just take it a day at a time while, while having you know some preparation, some readiness, just be flexible, have so much space and grace for everyone involved and even take it a day or a week at a time as you evaluate, okay, I was trying trying this sort of method to work through this challenge of reintegration and it is working or it isn't working. Evaluate, discuss with your partner if he's open to that and then try something new or keep going with what you're doing if, it, if it's helping you. One other thing I want to point out here is that 
there's another piece of it that can even add to the dauntingness of this is that reintegration can even go differently for you as a as a couple for you individually and for him individually and then together as a couple from separation to separation from deployment to deployment because because reintegration went one way after one deployment it doesn't necessarily mean it will go that way for you again and this could be good news or bad news like if it was really rough after your first deployment it's hard for your brain to think that it could go any other way but there is still a high a totally possible chance that reintegration after your next deployment will go way better right each deployment experience has its own elements involved and so I just want you to open up to that idea that it could go differently. And if it went really well the first time, you're probably hopeful that it would go really well the next time. And maybe it will. And that would be amazing. But to open yourself up to the fact that it doesn't mean it will just go perfectly every time and not in a doomsday way or like a really pessimistic way, but just in a realistic expectations way. I think that will help. So I'm definitely going to be providing you my own form of very specific uh, ideas and tips and ways to think about reintegration that that can be that are a little more broad. So hopefully they'll apply to you no matter what your reintegration experience is, um, and then you can take it more specific into your life. So my main recommendation when it comes to reintegration is to tell my clients to focus on managing their own mind and their own emotions and giving themselves and their partner space to work through whatever feelings come up without adding a lot of extra hurt or drama or pressure or stress. And the way we add those things is by making the way that either of us are behaving. Typically, we're thinking about the way our partner is behaving, the way our spouse is behaving, and we're making it mean something about us. We're making it mean something painful or dramatic or stressful or that something has gone wrong or that something, you know, or, or like this is our new normal and it's never going to get better. But you have to open up to that concept of this is a transition time. So this isn't our new normal. This is us transitioning back to our new normal. And the other thing I want to mention about new normal that's really important is new normal is not a bad thing. We have to be on to ourselves and onto our brain when it's telling us that things need to go back to the way they were. We logically understand that we've both changed, but our lower brain does not ever really want things to change. So it's offering you this little thought of like, everything will be fine as long as it goes back to the way it was, because then we won't have to change. Even though again, logically, you know, oh yeah, it's been nine months. It's been a year, whatever the length of time and lots of things have happened. And we are both different people. Like for the most part, like your key components of are all going to be the same, but you are different people. We all change over that amount of time. And so that, that like, I want you to look at that concept of new normal as really good news. Like we're going to transition through this reintegration period and head towards whatever our new normal is going to be. And we're going to create it together. And we're going to keep that, um, power and feeling of control as we intentionally move through this and, and open up to whatever our new normal is going to look like. Now, the timeline on this, again, is going to be on a spectrum. It's going to vary. Some people move through reintegration quite quickly. For some couples, it takes a lot longer. Um, And so to be open to whatever timeline is going to occur for you. The comparison trap in this area is so, so challenging. We are beyond tempted to look at the way reintegration has gone for our friends, for Uh, you know, anyone that we know that's gone through it. And especially if we see it go a way that we hope it will go for us, a way that we would prefer. 
and then we compare our reintegration experience to theirs and then that's when we're and, and especially if it's different or going in a way we wouldn't prefer then we're quickly jumping to that conclusion of this isn't right this isn't the way it was supposed to be and that just takes us to that very trapped disempowered and and place of suffering really which does not set us up for being in the headspace we want to be in to really work through the reintegration in a way that um, just makes space for whatever it's going to be for you. It's important to remember that you're both going through this reintegration transition and it isn't easy. But when we give our partner the benefit of the doubt and when we focus on ourselves and our mental health and our behavior rather than what we think that our spouse should be doing, it goes so much better. And the reason that we are so tempted to focus on what we think our spouse should be doing differently is we think that if they were showing up differently, behaving differently, moving through reintegration differently, that we would feel better. So if we're struggling, if we're in pain, we want them to show up differently so that we can feel better. And that is that really tricky trap of they need to move through reintegration whatever way they need. And if you can take care of you and know how to make you feel better, then you don't have to put that pressure on them to change so that you can feel better. You can still not prefer the way they're doing it and still feel pain and and whatever it is if if it's if it's challenging for you guys but knowing that you're the one that is at the core of helping yourself feel better and that they it's the cupcake right you are in charge of the way you're feeling and the and making yourself feel better and then whatever they have to offer you is frosting and when you get it back to that place that bonus frosting place then you stop putting that pressure on them to help you feel better. You help yourself feel better. You're able to give them space to continue to work through what they're working through, which they should be able to work through it more quickly if they're not feeling a ton of stress and pressure from you. And I'm not saying to just like leave them alone. I'm saying go to them with your wants in those moments instead of your needs because you solve your needs. And if you go to them with your needs, they cannot fix that for you. And then they... uh, will struggle even more to work through reintegration because then now they're letting you down in a whole new way and now they feel even more guilty. But you go to them uh, during this time or really at any time in your relationship with just things that you love about them, things you want from them, but you don't need anything from them. And that is what they need it more than ever in this time that they're here for you. You're there for them, but everyone is working on themselves and then just being there for each other in, in, uh, in whatever way you can, but not... I'll fix him and he'll fix me. And that's what we are tempted to fall into that trap. One thing to remember about the cupcake and the frosting is that as long as what they, what you have to give them is frosting and what they have to give you is frosting, you can open more up to a time when there's very little frosting. And sometimes in reintegration, we're anticipating just the most amazing reunion and homecoming and life to just get back to normal or to the new normal or whatever and, and be amazing because they're home. And that's something that kind of can get us through a deployment is anticipating that time. And if you're, you or your partner or both of you are struggling, then chances are it's not going to go that way. And you're both, that's going to add to the struggle because you're going to think, oh, this was, I had this so different and going so differently in my head. I had way different expectations. I'm so disappointed. But when you bring it to the cupcake and the frosting, then you can give yourself and your partner that space to say, there's just not a lot of frosting in our relationship right now. And that's okay because our cupcakes are struggling and we're working on our cupcakes. And sometimes when you're really focused on fixing something at the core, right? Maybe it's your relationship. Maybe it's just yourself. 
the frosting gets a little sparse at times and that's not fun. We love frosting. It's delicious. It makes everything better. But when we know all it is, is frosting, we can just open up to that concept of right now, there's not a lot of frosting and that's okay. And back on what I was just saying a minute ago about it, you know, when you are hurting and you go to yourself to feel better rather than to your spouse. And I'm not saying that you don't, um, turn to them for comfort or it's a tricky concept because in a marriage we we are there for each other and we are each other's comforters at time and we boost each other up and we give each other strength but I just want the core of it to be coming from you and the secondary source to be coming from them that's what I'm saying here it's not that I don't want you to turn to your spouse your spouse in a time of need and particularly in a reintegration period they're just not necessarily going to be available to you in the way maybe that they normally are. And so I really want you to just pull back a little bit and remind yourself that I'm the primary source for that and they're my secondary source. And when they're in a better space and I'm in a better space, that distinction maybe doesn't need to be as strong as it is right now because we're all in a, in a good headspace. We're all feeling good and our relationship is strong. But if if elements of that are getting challenged, whether at the couple level level or the individual level, it's really nice to pull that back and remind yourself of those levels, of those tiers. First tier is me, second tier is him. When I'm struggling, I'm the primary source. He's the secondary source for feeling better, for comfort, for feeling loved, all of those things. One more piece I want to add to that is if you haven't listened to my podcast episode on clean pain and dirty pain, I would highly recommend you go listen to it right after this episode if this is something that you're struggling with because I'll link to it in the show notes, but Um, because I can't remember right now what episode it is. But it's where I really teach you about how we don't need to not be in pain when things are going differently than we would prefer, right? Like say reintegration is a struggle and it's going poorly for you. But if you can separate the clean pain and the dirty pain, the clean pain is, this is so hard. I um, I thought that it would go differently. I hoped that it would go differently. I miss my husband. He's back and I still miss him because we're, we're struggling to connect again or, or he's really working through something so he doesn't feel very available to me. All of that is clean pain because it is hard. Reintegration can be so hard. But the dirty pain we add on top of it is when we make things mean things that they don't necessarily mean or if we amplify a problem. And like I was just saying with the benefit of the doubt and things like that is, you know, so say we... Our, our say our husband's going through something and so he is exhibiting a specific behavior as he works through his thing that we don't prefer like maybe um, not sleeping well or not talking to us or you know something that was different than we had planned right we can make it mean something really painful about us about our relationship we can give them the opposite of the benefit of the doubt where we're assuming the worst reasons for why they're behaving that way rather than assuming the best reasons why they're behaving that way. Meaning, I know he loves me. I know that this is something that he's working through on his own. And I'm going to take care of me and be here for him as he works through his stuff. That's where we just open up to the clean pain, but we work on decreasing the dirty pain, the things that we add on top that increases that that hurt and drama and pressure, that stuff that I was talking about earlier. Reintegration can be a time that we get easily offended and hurt because we're so excited they're home. And whether we want to or not, we have expectations of how that was going to go. And they're often not met. It's, it's, it can be very common. And I don't want you to stop having expectations, but I want you to maybe just open up to kind of that word I've been using, that spectrum, like a spectrum of expectations. Like I'm really hopeful that it's this, but it might also go more like this and both ways would be okay or anything in between. Kind of open yourself up more to just how it's going to go 
rather than having such a specific expectation and idea and plan in your head of exactly how you've decided it will go. When you open up to that, then it will impact you less dramatically if it doesn't go the way you had planned. One thing that I'll compare this to, and this goes right in line with a podcast episode that I did right at the beginning about 16 reasons that deployments are like pregnancies. And when you're getting ready to go into labor to have a baby, you usually have your birth plan, right? Which is, you absolutely should. But women who decide how their birth is going to go for this baby that they're about to have with no room for it to be any different end up frequently very disappointed and discouraged when things have to change like in the moment because there's so many elements of labor and delivery that can be out of your control. And when the priority is, you know, in in that example, like the safety of the baby, right? Like you may have to change your plan in order to keep your baby safe in a way that you didn't know would come up. And so I want to compare that to reintegration where I want you to have a plan for homecoming and reintegration, but I want you to be flexible to the concept that the plan might need to change and maybe have like a plan B and a plan C. And and this is more of like expectations, right? And I, I recommend this literally to women who are having babies of like, make your plan for how you your baby's going to go, but then just be ready for the plan to change. And then it won't hurt so much when it does, right? Because it probably will. And that's okay. Another visual that I want to offer you as you're working through reintegration is I want you to think about what it feels like when you're pointing a finger at somebody, okay? So your thoughts are kind of representing where your finger is pointed. So if you notice that your thoughts are primarily, when you're you're thinking about reintegration and you're thinking about your relationship and your spouse, if you notice that your thoughts are primarily, why is he doing this? Why can't he stop? I can't believe he dot, dot, dot. Why won't he dot, dot, dot? I want you to just imagine what your finger is doing, representing those thoughts. And it's just pointing at him, point, point, point. You're pointing out at your partner. And the thing that I offer my clients is when they notice that that is happening, when their thoughts are primarily pointing out, 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 other people need to change. My life circumstances need to change. Something's gone wrong. And and you're just very focused on other people. You accidentally and, and inadvertently, maybe those words mean the same thing, but, uh, sort of ignore yourself. And we, we do this, again, without even meaning to, because whatever we're focused on grows, and then we tend to filter out other things. So we are now focused on him, his behavior, his decisions, and we're doing a lot of guessing at what it means. And if we're not careful about it, we're probably not giving the benefit of the doubt. And this is where all of that trouble can come in. So the truth of it all is that you both are working through this. This is happening to both of you. And if you're struggling during reintegration, then there's a highly likely chance that some of the problem is with you and some of the problem is with him. Meaning you both have things you're working through and it's both probably coming out in some behavior ways that are challenging for the other person. And this is good news because if that is the case, if some of the problem is with you and some of the problem is with him, then that means that some of the solution is with you and some of the solution is with him. And when you see that finger pointed out at him nonstop, (laughs) I just want you to imagine like turning that finger around and pointing it back at you just to help you bring yourself back into focus, to help you stop ignoring yourself and the pieces that are coming from you and the way that you're struggling and your behavior might not be your best and your headspace might not be its best. And it might 
it's making it harder for you definitely to work through reintegration. And there's a good chance it's making it harder for him too. And even if there are definitely things that he could be changing and improving on, you've really, really got to bring it back to you in order to make some of those changes, make some of those improvements and start to feel the overall shift in your relationship. And then you get to start feeling better right away from shifting yourself and what you're doing. You're not responsible for his shifts, but you're definitely promoting an environment that is going to be more conducive to him making his shifts as well and working through whatever it is that he's working through. If you both have your finger pointed out at each other, you're going to feel very stuck and, and make hardly any progress on this reintegration journey. But if you can both turn your finger around and point at yourselves, and it's not your responsibility to ask your partner to point his finger at himself instead of at you, but you're just going to focus on where your finger is pointed. You're going to point it back at you. Stop ignoring yourself. Own up to the parts that you're responsible for. Focus on your feelings, your mental health, your overall well-being, and, and work on improving all of that, which will really support the shifts that you're wanting to see in your relationship. You'll start to feel better and you'll set him up for success. Whether he does it or not is always going to be up to him. Whether he does the work he needs to do to process whatever it is he's processing and the work that it will take to get him to the headspace that he's wanting to be in and that is supportive and functioning for your relationship, that will always be up to him. But this way, you'll be working on you, you'll start feeling better and you'll be creating that conducive environment. And it's it's all the things that are in your control rather than focusing on him, which is completely out of your control. When we focus on things that are out of our control, that's when we get that stuck feeling, that disempowered feeling. And it's so easy to feel hurt and resentful. The bottom line is what you both need in this time, if reintegration is a struggle, is love and space and grace to work through it in whatever way you do. And that comes from focusing on the parts in your control, which is you. You are the part that is in your control. I think that one of the reasons that I've been hesitant to do a podcast episode on reintegration is because Brad and I have not struggled in this area in ways that I know my friends have in their relationships. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it goes perfectly for us. But for the most part, reintegration is relatively smooth for us. Now, I don't need to have experienced it going poorly in my own marriage to speak about this topic with authority. But I just want to make sure that I accurately and respectfully represent the experience that you awesome women are having who do struggle with reintegration in your relationship. It can be a very tender, tenuous, vulnerable time. I have just the utmost respect for you. My my husband has done one deployment not in a war zone and one deployment in a war zone. And after the second deployment where he was in a war zone, he did deal with just a little bit of PTSD and depression and was able to work with a therapist to get himself past that. But it was, in my opinion, quite minor. And I'm, I am grateful for that, the level that he experienced. And I know that so many of you so many of your husbands and so many of you amazing military wives on the home front have a very, very different experience in that department, a much higher level of those types of issues in that post-deployment experience of PTSD and, and depression and things of that nature that are so heavy and so hard. And I want to end this episode with just making that special mention of knowing that these things that I'm addressing in this episode can still apply to you even if you're in those intense experiences, but that more help will be needed if 
those high levels of mental challenges are occurring. For example, PTSD and depression and suicidal tendencies and things like that. So the help and advice and information that I am sharing here is for when it's taking longer than you thought it would, or when you're struggling more than you thought you would, or he's struggling more than he thought he would, or you find yourself in a lot of pain, hurt, or resentment. But if you find that your scenario is deeper and more intense and dysfunctional than what you feel I'm describing, I want you to take what I have offered as as a piece of what's going to help you through this, but also please, please, please seek out more support, professional help, whatever resources you can to help you and your husband through this. It is unlike almost anything that any couples have to go through. It is completely unique and it can be so much stress and pressure and, and it can be traumatic on a relationship and you should not have to go through that alone. If you believe that your reintegration experience is going worse than it should or is at a higher place of dysfunction than it, than it should be, please, please seek out professional help and resources. If you're not sure where to turn to, please email me, jesse at simplyresilient.net, and I will help you get pointed in the right direction so that you can get that support for your spouse, for yourself, and for your marriage. You guys are amazing. I'm just so proud of you, and I'm so grateful that you come to my podcast to listen and to get help and to find inspiration and hope and guidance as you move through this deployment experience, this military life experience. And I just have so much love in my heart for you and the public and private struggles that you go through every day. And that is what I have for you today. So are you ready to take what you are learning here on this podcast to the next level? Then let's work together. I would be honored to be your life coach and help you create the life you dream about by focusing on what is always in your control, your mindset. Are you ready for everything in your life to feel different and better without needing to change any of your circumstances? Then schedule a free call with me by going to my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.